the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Wait, eight minutes past 10 o'clock on this Thursday, the 21st morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2019. So, uh, Jesse Smollett is in custody, as we discussed a lot in the first hour. And we talked a lot in the first hour about why he is in custody and what it is he was trying to do. He is trying to divide this country along the lines of race, uh, identity politics, which is what the progressive left always does, and along the lines of hate. It's about making people hate Trump supporters. Right? At the end of the day, when you read Jesse Smollett's tweets about Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters, when you hear his spoken words in interviews about Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters, this is about trying to demonize them, to make people hate them, make people hate Trump supporters, drive them into the shadows, drive them into silence, make them ashamed of supporting the president and the fantastic policies the president has advanced in his time in office. This despite the fact that people like Jussie Smollett have benefited from the president. He's all about racial demographics and identity politics. You would think that people like Jesse Smollett, being a black man, would be very, very appreciative of the policies of the president through deregulation and lower taxes and more, have led to the highest employment rate and employment participation rate for African Americans in recorded history. This after seeing the first black president, Donald Trump, do absolutely zero to help African Americans get jobs, get opportunities, chances to grow and advance and not just survive but thrive. One would think that he would be appreciative of that. But instead, he wants people to hate Trump and he wants people to hate Trump supporters. And when people start to hate Trump supporters, we get stories like this. I want to play for you, about a minute and a half long, a report from Fox News about a local business called Joe's Music. Maybe you heard about it. It's out in Willoughby. And this store has decided it will not serve Trump supporters. It will not serve Trump sympathizers, as he called them, because he, the owner, feels dirty taking money from people who support Donald Trump. This is what the Jussie Smollett's of the world, this is what they're trying to to grow. More anti-Trump supporter resentment and action by business leaders and more. Give this story a quick listen here. Obviously, you can't get it, uh, the, the video portion of it, but you don't need to. The uh, audio uh, pretty much tells the story well enough. But this is from Fox, not Fox News. I beg your pardon when I said Fox News. It's Fox 8 here in Cleveland uh, telling this story. 
And unfortunately, it won't play. Building a better bank starts no, with looking at something old. And yeah, it wasn't supposed to have a uh, an ad before it, but I wanted to. I wanted you to hear this. Just give me a second or two here, and we'll get this up for you. But this is um, uh, this is again a business out in Willoughby. It's a business out in Willoughby called Joe's Music. They are the ones that have decided Trump supporters do not deserve the right to step foot in their store. The owner himself essentially says I, he would rather go broke and shutter his business. He would rather shutter his business than actually uh, uh, take money from Trump sympathizers, as he calls them. I think the audio should be ready now. Let's give this another shot. And I am struggling mightily here. It was working before in the break, so I apologize. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it's going to want to play right now. One, one last try before I go on. Our is a meticulous craft where attention to detail is key to hitting the right note. <laughs> But for some, it's a recent tune inside Joe's music in Willoughby that's falling flat. I put that up so people would make a choice as to whether or not they'd like to to shop here. This sign, the source of both sharp condemnation and praise. The owner, who asked to just be called Joe, read the rest. Dear Trump sympathizers, I'm truly sorry. However, I feel unclean and dirty accepting money from you. Please politely shop somewhere else. Sorry I would rather starve and close the store than, tar- than participate in wrongdoing. Many blessings to you. I hope you understand. Now Joe says the sign he put up Tuesday to express himself, similar to the assertive way the president often makes his beliefs known, was a mistake. He's a very verbal person and he doesn't hold back any punches. And so therefore, um, in, in the spirit of that, I have kind of... Uh, express myself accidentally in the same voice that he uses. Ever since he's received a flood of angry calls. Close down your store, you racist Ah, you stupid lost our business. Getting hate messages from everywhere from Tacoma, Washington to Tampa, Florida to Rochester, New York. Willoughby police have even increased patrols near the store. Joe says there's a lesson he wants people to take away. It was only a request. It wasn't a ban. It wasn't keeping anybody out. I didn't vet anybody. Uh, I'm just asking people before they pull on the handle to make a choice on whether they want to shop here. All right. So that's the story as presented by Fox 8 uh, here in Cleveland. And thanks to them for the courtesy of that by way of their website. Uh, I'm going to let you decide whether or not you agree with what he said at the end there. When he said, it's not a ban. Quote, Please politely shop somewhere else. I would rather starve and close the store than participate in wrongdoing. I am sorry, but I feel unclean and dirty accepting money from you. Does that sound like a welcoming message? Sounds like a ban to me. Especially when you consider what he didn't read was the top of the message that hangs on his door, which is the word Trump with the circle slash through it. That sounds like a ban to me. So Joe, the owner of Joe's Music out in Willoughby, hates Trump supporters and doesn't want their money. He'd rather go out of business. Now, there's two things to consider here. Number one, that he is legitimately just so anti-Trump and anti-conservative, anti-make-America-great-again, et cetera, et cetera, which would mean he is thus anti-low taxes, anti-deregulation, anti-job growth, anti-higher wages, anti-rebuilding military, uh, uh, anti-border uh, security, and, all, and so on and so forth, all of which have been accomplished while well, the border security is in progress, 
accomplished in the first years of the Trump administration. But I digress. But he's so anti-Trump and anti-Trump supporter that he really, truly just doesn't want to interact with them. Or this is a terrific publicity stunt. Maybe he's already going out of business. Maybe he is struggling and his store was about to shut anyway. And maybe this is a great way for him to call attention to it. So when he eventually closes his door, what does he become? What did we say that Jussie Smollett wanted to be? What status did he did he um, uh, did he uh, uh, wish for? Victim status. I was victimized by Donald Trump supporters. Watch the the job offers roll in for Jesse Smollett if he'd have gotten away with that. Watch them. Watch the roles. Hey, will you read for this movie? Will you read for that TV show? We want Jesse Smollett on our side. He's a victim of Trump supporters. Let's unite behind him, right? What do you think Joe's music is looking for? If the store is truly in trouble and it's about to go out of business anyway, and then when it does go out of business, he will be a victim in the eyes of the left. Look what the mean and nasty Trump supporters did. They organized a boycott of this business because he didn't want them to come into his business. He fought for what was right and lost his business because of it. See what Trump did? He gets victim status. He gets martyr status, doesn't he? He was willing to lose his livelihood in his store just to make the point about evil Trump and Trump supporters. This is all working in concert with one another. Chasing Trump supporters out of uh, restaurants, banning them from stores, attacking them when they wear caps walking into stores, pulling guns on them if they wear Trump paraphernalia in stores. All of these have happened in the last week alone demonizing that's why the jesse smollett story and i will not let this drop it cannot end with just filing a false police report charges there has to be hate crime charges attached because that's exactly what he was accusing nondescript white red hat wearing trump supporters of doing committing a hate crime by ver- uh, and in the context uh, course of that rather um Accusing all white, male, conservative red hat wearers. And it demonizes all of us. It makes us keep the hat in the house. Makes us keep the Make America Great Again shirt in the house. Makes us not want to go out in public in it, because we don't know who is going to attack us, either verbally or physically. He has brought danger Quite frankly, he and others who are committing similar types of of, uh, of crimes and hoaxes, talking about Jesse Smollett, he has brought dangerous circumstances to all of us who support Trump in a public way. Now we can't shop at the music store of our choice because the guy hates Trump supporters. Why? Because they do things like beat up gay black guys in Chicago, according to the way the news carried it. This is all tied together, my friends. And we have to react to it at a... All right, 1027, let's get a few more phone calls in here before the bottom of the hour. We'll talk next to Jan in Cleveland. Hey, Jan, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go right ahead. Oh, hi. You know, I wonder if uh, Joe is hoping for a nice big chunk of change from the uh, the likes of George Soros, who's tra- trying to destroy America and who is behind uh, financing all of these left-wing uh, causes. 
and I hope people would wake up and be a little, have a little gratitude. It's pathetic to think that this young man with the future ahead of him did something so stupid. And uh, I, I just think this uh, that some people have they they don't know what gratitude is, including uh, Alexandria. You know, they I there's something missing in their in their soul or, or whatever. But uh, I don't know what uh, what Joe is about. But uh, well, I mean, he, he's about hatred. He's about fostering and growing hatred of people who disagree with him politically. He hates Trump. Therefore, right. Trump supporters are not welcome in my store. And I think he, like others, has been has been inspired and motivated to act out in such ways by the media, which continues to spread lies like the idea that white, is, uh, white, white uh, red hat wearers intimidated a Native American at the Lincoln Memorial at the March for Life and white red hat wearers attacked a gay black guy. And, you know, you, you, you if the media is able to demonize one group of people one demographic white conservative males often enough other people are then going to act out against white conservative males and that's exactly all this guy what this guy's doing well he's uh soros also uh finances he, he's the owner of a lot of the media his, his it's the money it's money and i'm sure uh joe might might find a chunk of change for what he's doing to help. Well, you know, there, there's two things. Yeah, maybe he may, he may be trying to he may be trying to find a benefactor to say, hey, look, there's one of us. Let's give him some money. The other thing he might be doing, like I said, he's either cover, he could be covering for the fact that his business is struggling and he needs an injection of cash, and maybe this will get all of the anti-Trump liberals in Cleveland uh, to go out to Willoughby. Uh, which is not necessarily more of, you know, quote unquote Trump country, um, uh, or excuse me, a liberal democratic blue country. It's, you know, it's more, it, it's a little bit more balanced there, but to get more liberals in Cleveland to come out to his store and, and give him an injection of cash that way, or, uh, you know, because his business is failing, uh, or like you said, uh, it's in, or, or like I said earlier, it's an excuse that when it does go under to say, look at me, I'm a hero. I sacrifice my business rather than my principles. Therefore, uh, he gets hero status and he'll get great opportunities after this. So there's uh, there's no telling what the motivations behind these people are, uh, you know what these people are. But we have some pretty decent ideas. Jan, thanks for the call. Let me get a quick timeout. AM fourteen twenty. The answer back after com. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Indeed it is. As we continue at 1034, thanks for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. We are going to take you until um, 11 o'clock, at which time you will have Mike Gallagher, then, of course, Dennis Prager, the doctor, Dr. G, then Jay Sekulow, and uh, Larry Elder. So stay here all day and all night on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to pivot for a moment. If you're on hold... About the Jesse Smollett hakes, uh, hakes. Yeah, I just combined hoax and hate. Did it expertly, didn't I? Hoax hate story. Stay there. We're going to come back to you. But I want to pivot to a story that I think you're going to appreciate, especially if you support our military and if you support our veterans and if you like dogs, if you like animals and pets. Because there is a wonderful organization that I have learned about uh, that has a very important event coming up that can help all of the above. The organization is called Pets for Vets, and it is run by Joan Tiefel, who joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer, to tell us all about it. Hi, Joan. How are you? Hey, Bob. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thanks for making yourself available today. I was so glad to learn about your um, uh, wonderful organization, because what a great idea uh, to, to take pets in need of homes 
and to train them and give them as companions and match them up with veterans who are in need of that companionship and more. What a wonderful idea. Can you tell me about the genesis of the organization? Absolutely, and thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, Certainly. It is, Pets for Vets is a national organization. They've been around since um, 2009, mm-hmm. and there's 27 chapters in the country, and we are so excited because for a year we worked on um, getting a Cleveland chapter, and in November of 18, we were approved. So what Pets for Vets does is it matches veterans uh, struggling with PTSD with local shelter dogs. So their motto is save a pet, save a vet. It's a win-win for everyone. It gets the um, veterans to help with their distress and the depression and the anxiety that comes from PTSD, and it um, gets dogs out of shelter homes, gives them a home, and hopefully avoids them possibly being euthanized. Um, so the way it works is, first of all, that we, are, we do not do service dogs. We do companion dogs. And... Um, there is a big Before difference. you go on, Joan, if I may, before you go on to tell me about the, uh, the, the companion dogs and how the whole thing works, okay. I'm just looking at some of the numbers, and I want people to know about them. I'm looking at from, from the website, which is PetsForVets.com. We inv- encourage people to go and check that website out for yourself. Six and a half million dogs and cats enter U.S. shelters every year. One and a half million shelter animals are euthanized annually, according to the uh, ASPCA, and as many as 20% of our returning military veterans, and that number has got to be staggering, yes. suffer from PTSD. It's a match that, that is that is made in heaven. Save these animals and put them with with you know with veterans who, who absolutely need it. Those numbers are, are incredible, which is why I'm so glad to know that you said this organization's been around since oh nine. I was not aware of it until of course your chapter uh, in Cleveland got approved. This is the need for this is great, is it not? It, it really is great, and, and I wasn't aware of it either until I, I went to my veterinarian and they were doing a fundraiser for it, mm-hmm. and it, it is. It, it is staggering, and anybody who has a, a dog knows how much a dog can just bring calm into our lives, oh. and it's just, it's, it's just fabulous. I mean, the, the, the veterans that have gotten these dogs, it just says they've changed their lives. They, you know, it gets them out of the house. It gets them to care about somebody to give them, you know, to cares about somebody other than themselves. It gives them just a new sense of, I don't know, of, of, of ownership. And, and one of the things that, that really makes it nice is, is sometimes, you know, people have said, well, why can't anyone just go get a dog? And it's just more complicated than that. Some veterans don't, maybe have never had a dog. They don't understand what, what that means. So we, we give them education. But the biggest thing is when we hand them the dog, that dog is trained. So, what that means is, you know, sometimes if you get a dog for people who've had them, it's stressful training a dog. We don't want to add stress to the veterans' lives. We want to bring them calm to their lives. So we give them a dog that they can walk instead of the dog walking them, a dog who's not going to go crazy in the house, that's going to have um, good citizenship obedience. That's what they're, they're taught. But the really cool thing is the trainers meet with the veterans um, once they fill out an application, and they really do their best to find a dog that will be perfect for that particular veteran. It isn't a, you know, we'll just go pick out a dog and hand to them. They find out the personality. They find out where the veteran lives. You know, does he live in an apartment where maybe they need a small dog or he has a big yard so we could get them a bigger dog? They really try to match that veteran to what they believe is the perfect dog. And, and these trainers go through um, a pretty strong uh, application and and. Um, interview process, they have to be approved by the national office, and only about 20% of the trainers who apply get approved. So um, it's 
it's really exciting, and we have six trainers to start, which is incredible because a lot of the existing chapters, the average amount of trainers are four, and we have three on the east side and three on the west side, so that really helps with our location. So we are we are ready to go. Joan, tell me tell me the process. Um, is it more like your trainers are constantly training dogs and getting them ready, and then a vet walks in and says, I need one, and they say, here's one trainer ready to go, or is it the other way around? A veteran comes in and says, you know, I'd like to, to inquire about this, and then you kind of then go train a dog and get them ready for that waiting veteran. It's the second way. Um, the way it, okay. The way it works is, they can go on to petsforvets.com, and there is an application. Um, they just hit apply. Mm-hmm. So the veteran applies. Then we review that, and we hand it to one of the trainers. The trainer then gets a hold of the veteran, and they meet with them at least two times, possibly three. Again, the first is sort of a meet and greet, and then they actually go to the veteran's house, obviously, with, with their approval, because mm-hmm. it's important that, that they see where they live, again, and that, that this is going to be a good match for both the dog and the veteran. Because it's not one size fits all, right? Not every no, dog I, is perfect for every particular veteran because depending on what their state of mind is, you know, whatever level of PTSD or whatever their stress level is, it's it's not for everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, you might have have a veteran who is really um, reacts to a lot of noises or something. Well, you want a dog that isn't going to run under the bed when there's a thunderstorm. You know, you want a dog that's going to not be triggered by the same events that maybe a veteran would be triggered to, and each veteran is going to have different triggers. So so our trainers have had that kind of training to help understand, again, what will help bring calm to that veteran. But but again, as importantly, like I said, they, they need to see their house. They need to see what that environment is going to be for the dog. If you, you don't want a high-energy dog if they're living in an apartment. You know, you, they're just not, it's not going to be a good sure. fit. So then that trainer actually spends as much time as they need going to different shelters to find the type of dog they're actually looking for. And the six trainers will work together. So if one's looking for a, for a dog on the east side, they, they're going to send out an email and say, hey, check your shelter, see if, if there's a you know, Yorkie around or whatever they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Then once they get the dog, they train that dog for six to eight weeks. And during that training period, the veteran does not see the dog. We actually, um, the dog stay in foster homes, so people are who are willing to keep a dog in their home for six to eight weeks, they implement what the trainer is teaching that dog, and then at the end of that six to eight weeks, they hand the dog off to the veteran, and then this is there's a few really very, I just think, such special things they do. Number one, they hand that veteran everything they will possibly need to get started with the dog, the crate, the, you know, the food, everything, the bed. The dog will be microchipped, has all his medical, obviously, and... Once we hand them off, there's two things they do. Number one, that veteran will always have a, I put in quotes, a home with with pets for vets. And what I mean by that is not only will they always have access to us with dog issues, if they need to talk to someone just for emotional reasons, we have veterans who are volunteering who they could talk to, or we have access to places if, if they just needed some emotional support that we could hook them up with. So there, there's that, but then there's also... If that if their dog were to get let's say diabetes or need surgery, which can be thousands of dollars for again anyone who's who's <laughs> had that with their pets, sure. the national office has a fund that in that situation they would cover all those medical costs because sometimes those kind of 
situations can make someone have to get rid of their animal because they just can't afford it. Right. But we are very committed to the life of the pet as well as the life of the veteran. We want that veteran to be able to stay with that dog for the life of the dog. That, you know, you just touched on something. that We're talking to Joan Tiefel. She is with Pets for Vets, the Cleveland chapter of Pets for Vets. Uh, has an event coming up on April 12th that I'll let you tell about in a second, um, uh, Joan. But... Um, you know, the I, I think the average lifespan for a large dog, it's much shorter than for a smaller dog, but like for a large dog, it's anywhere between 8 and 12 years. Uh, right. For some for some younger, or excuse me, smaller dogs, they, they live a little bit longer. But obviously, the, the you know, the vet is going to outlive uh, the dog. So when the inevitable does happen, uh, is Pets for Vets able to, to then provide them with a, with a new dog after the lifespan of the first? They are. They're actually, um, again, since this has been around since 2009, some of the veterans and the other chapters are on their second dogs. So they, they really do keep connected with the, with the veterans. And, again, it's, it's a process. So, so we, we want to keep that. If, for anyone who's a dog lover, once you have a dog, you, you usually want another one. You know, you yeah. start to understand that, that connection between them. Absolutely, so, yeah. and that's it's got to be it's got to be so you know heartwarming to all these veterans to know that you guys and the other veterans, like you said, are there. If they just need comfort, they need to talk, or obviously if yep. there are needs the dog has, you know, it's not like once the dog's out the door, it's your responsibility. It's nice to know you're there. Now let's talk about what's coming up, because obviously this stuff can't be done uh, for nothing. Uh, you know, there are costs involved in training dogs and, uh, and 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 providing the medical care for them, and so on and so forth. Donations are needed, and there's an event coming up on April 12th geared toward that. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Um, first, each vet, each uh, match costs about uh, $3,000. And what that covers is the cost of the dog, all the veterinarian costs, the neuters, spaying, the vaccines, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest cost is the trainers. The trainers we have are professional trainers. This is what they do for their livelihood. So um, that is the biggest cost. And then when people foster the dogs, we make sure that they not only do we pay for their um, the food and everything we that the dog would need, but we do give them a stipend. It's you know six weeks where they're going to be kind enough to let a dog in their house, so we pay for that. And then uh, there's the care package that we give the veteran is about a $500 care package. So the total cost is around $3,000 for every match. Mm-hmm. So as you said, we need funds. Um, so we're having a kickoff fundraiser on Friday, April 12th at 6 p.m., at the Tanglewood Club in Chagrin, in Chagrin Falls. Um, it is a silent auction, Chinese auction, sit-down dinner, open bar, and it's uh, $75 a person. So um, we, we really want to get the word out to veterans that we're here in Cleveland. We want to get the word out to people who want to support us. And another thing you know, I just want to put out there is that we're also looking for anybody who might be interested in fostering dogs. And anyone who is a positive trainer who who might have an interest, you know, I'd I'd appreciate a call from. But so we're kind of looking because it's a new chapter for several different things. But, you know, information will be available at that event. But we would love to have anybody who is interested uh, consider coming to the event on April 12th. There's uh, also a volunteer link I see on the webpage, Joan. Um, yeah. you, you, I understand your point about the trainers who are paid. Uh, that's their livelihood. But you also need volunteers who are willing to volunteer their time. Maybe they just love dogs and they love helping and they love veterans and so on and so forth. So you do have room for people who are unpaid volunteers, right? Absolutely. And that would entail things in the next year. We're going to have to go to a lot of events, to dog shows, to veteran events. And, and we want we want to get the word out there. We really need... We need the, the, the trainers, but we also need the veterans. We need everybody. You know, we need the foster people. And so there's, 
And and you need money. And you need money. And I want to encourage people. Yeah, I mean, that's just, a, you know, look, it, every, you know, even nonprofit organizations, you have to have money. Like you said, $3,000 a match uh, and, and more. So uh, what I want to encourage people is if you can't get to the event uh, on April 12th at Tanglewood, you can donate online. Again, I'm looking at the website. They make it very easy. It's a user-friendly site, petsforvets.com, and there's a donate uh, link at the top of the page going across the top bar menu. Uh, if you can donate some funds to help a veteran get a companion dog and, and obviously save the life of a dog. That's the beautiful nature of this organization. You're helping pets stay alive who are euthanized in shelters, and you are helping vets at the same time. It's a great, great concept, and I'm so really glad to support it. How can people get tickets to the event uh, at Tanglewood on April 12th, uh, Joan? Is it just through the website? Um, no, let me tell you two things. And First, I just want to add to that. When, when, yes, you can go on the website and you can donate, but please go on to the Cleveland chapter. If, you, if they just donate at the top of the website on the generic one, you know, on the Pets for Vets, it's going to go to the national Okay. What's, what's so the Cleveland? Is. is there a Cleveland link then, or is it a different it's, site? Yeah, or? Well, it, you can do one of two things. You can go on the main site, and then it'll say chapters, and you can yep. to click down, and, and you'll see Cleveland. Or you can just put flash Cleveland, you know, petsforvets.com slash Cleveland. Got but, it. I see the Cleveland site now. Will, yeah, otherwise it will not go to our chapter. And we wanted to go to our chapter. Glad <laughs> to clarify that. No, absolutely right. Every chapter has to take care of itself. So, yeah, I do see it now. So there, if you go to the Cleveland page, as Joan just said, and click on the donate spot up there, our link up there, then you'll, your money will go directly to, um, uh, to the Cleveland a, chapter. Yeah, let me give you a couple fo- uh, phone number that they can um, call for information. It's 330 348 mm-hmm. 4000. 330-348-4000. And that's, uh, that's to get tickets? They, um, yep, they have any information they want to get, whether, again, it's for the tickets or the fostering, anything they want to know. Um, we also have a Facebook page, uh, you know, Pets for Vets Cleveland. And um, can I give you an email they could also call? You can give me whatever you want. Get the word out okay. there. Go right ahead. So, so they could also, um, it's cleveland-oh at petsforvets.com is the email. Mm-hmm. Cleveland-oh at petsforvets.com. And, again, the phone number and... I would love to hear from anybody and with questions or want, wanting reservations. Joan, I think it's a, a fantastic uh, idea. I really wish the event a ton of success on April 12th. You know what? You'll have to come back on and follow up with me sometime toward the end of March to really remind people of this. I'd love to talk to you again. Uh, but for those who uh, are interested right now in either making a donation, getting some tickets, volunteering, if you're a veteran who would like to inquire about applying to get a pet uh, dog for yourself, 330-348-4000, 330-348-4000 is the number. And as you just heard Joan say, go to the Cleveland uh, chapter of Pets for Vets at petsforvets.com slash Cleveland. Joan, thank you so much for making us aware of this uh, important organization. I hope there are a lot of veterans who get great use out of this and more animals saved at the same time. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Pat. So appreciate your time. Thank you, Joan. Joan Tiefel okay. is uh, is uh, the president or the chair 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 of the uh, Cleveland chapter. I'm not sure exactly what title she wants to go by, uh, but she's running it, and she is uh, director. There it is. Nice. See it. She's the director of the Cleveland chapter, and uh, this is a great organization. And I really, really hope you'll consider supporting it. Ten fifty one. Let's get one more time out. A uh, check of our traffic. Come right back in with a couple more phone calls before we're done on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Miles. 
All right, 1054. I've got time for a few more phone calls here before the top of the hour on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks again to Joan Tiefel from Pets for Vets Cleveland. Wonderful, wonderful organization. I think they're going to do great things for a lot of needy veterans. Let's go to TJ. And speaking of veterans, I know he's one. TJ, what's going on? Yeah, you know, Bob, this Pets for Vet, I mean, it's a great idea. You know, a few years ago, I, I got a little German Shepherd puppy, and I contacted a group called Wags for Warriors that were supposed to help you with training and help you with your PTSD. Well, they never returned my calls, never returned my emails, so I thought, you know, I'm going to train this dog myself. And I did a good job, tra- you know, training Olga here. She's a very well-behaved dog. But she does display the same symptoms I do with PTSD. I could never break her of that because I have it myself. And my poor wife now has to live with two animals with PTSD. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's a great dog, Bob. I can walk her without a leash. I mean, very obedient. Too hyper vigilant. Well, all the all the more reason, TJ. Yeah, all the more reason to shine a light on pets for vets because, as you heard, they spend weeks and weeks training so that the veteran doesn't have to, and they can make sure that you're matched up with a dog that doesn't have that type of uh, personality and and temperament uh, that isn't going to be freaked out by the loud sounds and the other things like that. So, uh, so you know, I'm glad yours is working out with uh, with Olga, and I encourage everybody to take advantage of this great opportunity with pets for. And when I say everybody, every veteran who is in need of such things. One other quick thing, Bob. This Willoughby guy, I know about this business. He is failing, and he has been failing for a while. Really? He's using, yes, he's using this as a way of maybe salvaging a failing business. Maybe some libtard will walk in and buy a harmonica, even though they don't know how to play it. Or they might start a GoFundMe account for him. And here's the great irony of this. The Trump economy is so great that even a guy that can't run a successful business can cash in on it. Because well, you know... Yeah, that, that's very well. That's very well said, TJ. And you're right. I think it's either that you know his business is failing and he's trying to save it now by getting a bunch of libs to come in from Cleveland or elsewhere to spend some money at his shop and keep him afloat, or he knows it's going under and, it's, and he and he wants it to go under with him being the martyr. Look what I did. I sacrificed my business uh, rather than my principles. I didn't sell to Trump supporters. Look at me. I'm a hero. I'm a martyr. And then he'll be carried the rest of the way by uh, I think a pre caller brought up a George Soros or somebody else who will uh, uh, will help him financially uh, to uh, Greg who's calling from North Ridgeville I'm told he's a first-time caller just in under the wire Greg go right ahead hey I'll make it quick I appreciate sure. every every time I listen to you folks you, you know you get a bunch of congressmen on and they talk about all the investigations and all the stuff they're looking at in Washington mm-hmm. and yet we sit here and we see nothing happen it, it nothing happens that's why Congress has the approval rating it does, my friend. That's why we're all frustrated with the swamp, because even with the best I mean, intentions of people like Jordan and others, you know, it's a swamp, yeah. and, and it's hard to swim upstream against a, you know, a swamp that's coming at you. I would encourage all of your listeners, please take a look at the Internet and pull up an article that was written by Victor Davis Hanson. You know, he's with the Hoover Institute out at Stanford. Sure, sure. He wrote an article called The Autopsy of a Dead Coup. And he runs down the history of what the, what this what this swamp has tried to do to President Trump. I mean, it is absolutely, utterly disgusting. And if someone doesn't grab this article and do something about it, then our our republic is lost. It's over. 
If you can do this to Trump, you can do it to anybody. Well, I'll tell you what, Greg, I have not read his article, but I heard uh, an interview that he did recently on essentially the same topic. And uh, if that is anything like the article, uh, it is something that we need to spread and share far and wide, because you're right. It is something that, that something that does need to be done, and he is a brilliant, brilliant orator as far as explaining the true depth of the uh, the, the issue. Thank you, my friend. I hope you, you hope you become a second-time caller another time. Jay and Illyria, you're going to wrap it up. i got 35 seconds. They're yours. Good morning. The way to deal with the, the music store, have every single conservative musician in Northeast Ohio descend upon his store wearing a hat or otherwise and buy something from him demonstrating how compassionate conservatism is. We will force him into being successful, and he will have nothing to say about it. He will not be able to be a victim. He will absolutely win because he's conservative. Compassionate conservatism will win Jay, I- over by... I said the same thing on my Facebook page yesterday, my friend. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm out of time. I said the same thing on my Facebook page. Let's do a cash mob there with red hat wearers spending all kinds of money. Show them that we are compassionate and we respond to his hate with our love. But I was talked out of it for a lot of very important reasons that I'll have to explain tomorrow because we're out of time for today. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's next on AM 1420. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.